0: I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. So we ended last week on mediums and our experiences there to stay connected. And we had a briefly... I think started that episode about one of our nieces and your other granddaughter having a dream. So dreams for me has, have also just been like a little, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like a little gem out of Golden, nowhere. It. Yeah. That it's just, it pops up and it helps me stay connected. And sometimes when I wake up from those dreams, I'm crying. I'm very emotional because it seems like I can see her again because she'll pop in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do want to talk about that a little bit, but um, not only just those dreams, but also the way we've been able to stay connected is through signs. So Monica, the medium, her book, she talks a lot about um, those signs and, and validating them. She calls them hellos from heaven. So whether or not you believe in mediums, I do want you to consider that the things that you see that might be coincidences may not really be coincidences. Like it's really hard to explain some of the things that we've experienced away So who wants to talk about some of those experiences? I mean, there's one in particular that I want to start with you, Jess. Which one? Which was right after she had passed. And you said that there was a bird, that -hmm. you heard her through that bird. Tell us about that.
1: So that
2: one's interesting because it's, I don't even know how to explain it. So like I'm not like a, a like an intuitive person I would say like where I see people hear people that kind of a thing you know
0: what I mean I would agree with that to some degree so you're gonna have to find the, uh, define the intuition part because obviously you have the mother's intuition you've talked about right. that before and
2: like empathy like yes. an empath type thing yes but like visual auditory like any of that stuff I you never would say no
0: with. to that okay right
2: no like. Do I believe in ghosts? And, like, mm-hmm. I've never really been, like, the foo foo spiritual, like, I don't
0: know how to explain she it. She said like, foo-foo. No, like, I don't know
2: how to explain it, you know what I mean? But it's, like, I've, I've never really been, like, oh, yeah. There's people that have passed over that are all around me. Like, it's always been, like, a concept, but not really something that I fully experience. Okay. So, what happened with... The bird and that whole situation, it was just like a one-time thing. A one-off. Okay. One-time thing. And but so it like,
0: was really early. It was like...
2: But it was pretty early. I can't yeah. remember. It was, it was days, maybe? I want to say it was
0: a couple days. Yeah. No. No?
1: No. The night she came home. The night she came home after the baby passed. It was It was that, that night. Day. It was that night.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well.
1: <laughs> no, because I...
0: No, it was well. I fully remember true. that. it's It was yeah. early on. It was really early after she had passed, and you put you. You might be right. Where well, it
1: was only because we were so devastated. She wasn't. And she said, "I'm okay," because she told me she's okay. I
0: do remember that.
2: <laughs> well, I want to say it was a combination of things because it wasn't just that I heard her, but I did have a very vivid dream about her as well, where she was like. Doing amazing. So I feel like it was a combination of things. So the
1: dream me. came, I think, a couple of days. But the first night you told us about the bird the next day, mm-hmm. that you were like, you were calm and you go, I heard her. I heard her last night and she was joyful.
2: Yeah. So it was, I want to say at that time after, of course, again, a lot of it is a blur. But at that time after that, she had passed. I feel like emotionally I was very heavy into Is she okay? Where is she? Mm -hmm. You know, can Mm -hmm. she hear me? Because that physical loss was just so heavy those first days, Mm -hmm. first weeks, first months. Mm -hmm. So what I remember is just being up in the middle of the night because I really couldn't sleep, you know, because of everything tossing around in my Uh, brain. Yeah understandably. Uh Uh-huh. And I remember her brother was there, knocked out. I don't understand how he was able to sleep so well. Well, he's probably stressed. yeah.
0: And just at that point, ready to, like, just everything was taken from him. Like, Mm -hmm. all of his emotions, like you said, drained. Everything was, like, just gone, right? right? So he was stressed from the day and finally able to just decompress, I think, from all of that.
2: Right. And so I remember I was up just watching TV, but... The TV was on silent because I didn't want to wake him up because I knew he was getting some good rest that he needed. Yeah. It was silent. It was also the month of May, so it was pretty warm. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was I would always leave the windows open and let the cool air come in so Mm -hmm. that it wasn't too hot. Mm -hmm. But because the TV was on silent, I could right away hear the birds that were hanging out outside. And I remember thinking initially, like, this is weird. Why is there birds talking at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning? You
0: know, like, <laughs> what are they I doing at 2 o'clock in that. the morning? Yeah, yeah.
2: Because I sleep with the windows open often. Yeah. So that whole situation was like, that's not normal, but mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. you know, Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for not letting me right. sleep. <laughs> I may not remember all of it now looking back, but what I remember vividly was hearing the birds chirping and having that sort of just, like, background ambiance. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. like, I recognize that they're there. I know that they're there. And then it wasn't the birds anymore, but I heard what was 100% my daughter. And... What does that mean? So, (laughs) what I heard was, I heard her say, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. You know, and it wasn't like I heard it from outside of the window, like somebody was outside. Mm. It wasn't like I heard it from inside of my brain, like, I don't know. And it wasn't
0: like a recorded toy she had in the room. No. There was was, nothing that would have prompted that or recorded somewhere. Right. You don't have that. So it
2: was kind of like, it it definitely took me off guard, but it wasn't like scary at all. Mm. It was... Like, as soon as I heard the first mommy, I was like, I know that. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, voice. And I think as a mom, you start to recognize, like, the different sounds of your child's voice. Mm -hmm. You know, so for Mm -hmm. her, I could tell if she said the same word three different ways. I could tell if she was scared. I could tell if she was hungry. I could tell if she was happy. I could tell what Mm -hmm. exactly was going on. Mm -hmm. So in that voice... The only thing that I could compare it to was, you know, when I would pick her up from school, you know, and Mm. she would be looking among the crowd and looking for, you know, my face. And she'd be like, "Nope, not her, not her, no her. (gasps) Mommy, you know, and she'd come Mm -hmm. running like and tell me everything that happened in her day. So for me, when I heard her voice and it was three, three times I heard it and vividly, I remember it was only three times. It was that exact tone, which Mm. was I haven't seen you. Hey, Uh, it's good to see you. You know, mommy, mommy. Like, here I am, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was just at that moment, the craziest, weirdest thing, of course, because I've never experienced anything like that ever in my Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And it was very clear. It wasn't like it was a far-off tone that I didn't know what it was. It was very distinct. There was no Mm -hmm. confusion about it at all. And I just got this overwhelming feeling of she's okay Mm. like she's calling me in the voice that I know that she always gives me when she's okay Mm. and for me it was I was all about myself you know it was two o'clock in the morning so I didn't want to wake anybody up and so I think at the time I remember saying like thank you you know Mm. like because it was just super heavy on my heart whether or not she was okay because of you know, everything that had happened throughout the day. I knew that, like, how does a child know what the heck is happening with death and transition and all that comes with that, you know? And, and I can't see, I think too, like, I've heard stories where people say like, I felt their spirit flow through me, or I felt when they left, or I felt this, or I felt that. And at the time when she had passed away, I didn't like feel that. I didn't feel like Oh, her soul passed through me and it gave me just like this sense of peace. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure too, part of it was that I was so heavy in grief. Mm -hmm. So, so not ready for it, you know, that I wasn't, maybe I just wasn't open to it. But for me, it was the rest of that day. I was just, and of those weeks, you know, the heaviest thing in my heart was, how do I know she's okay? Mm -hmm. How do I know? Like, I rely on all my five senses you know listening
0: spirituality uh-huh. religion if you do that sort of thing
2: uh-huh and so i'm like how do i i need something to know that she's okay because that's the only way that i'm gonna be okay mm-hmm. because if she's not what am i gonna do you know so for me that it was definitely something that i needed but it, again it was like it almost makes it sound like i'm a little bit cuckoo <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> well you're in good company <laughs> You're not cuckoo. You're grieving <laughs> mom, Jess. Like, you you have to also understand that, like, although someone might think, oh, she's cuckoo, you have no idea what a mother has to go through. Like, in Monica the Medium's book as well, she even said, the death of a child is on the, on the scale of deaths is the worst one, right? But this particular experience validated for you what you needed to be okay, you said, right? It was
2: really, it's not just to be okay, but it was the motivation that I needed to keep going, Mm -hmm. to not stop, Mm -hmm. because I feel like I would have buried myself in the not knowing Mm -hmm. and the heaviness of not knowing.
0: That's so beautiful. What a gift. Like, if anybody was going to do that sort of thing, it would be her. She would find some way. She She was just adventurous. She was mischievous. And to be able to bring that to you basically... When you were alone, right, you were, it was just you, it was late at night, knowing that you were in this sort of vulnerable state, like, I have no doubt that that was her. I have no doubt that she communicated to you because she knew that's what you needed at that time. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. It is. And a little, it's a little I think we cool all need well, <laughs> to hear it though I and need to hear that I, Yeah and I remember her coming out of the room That day I think we were in this room We were recording And she came out of the room And had a like smile on her face And that to me was odd Because you just lost your daughter Right This was still very early on Right after she had passed And to hear you come out and just tell us the story of what happened. You know, your experience, I was like, oh my God, I wish I was there. <laughs> I wish I could hear it too. Yeah. Because we talk about this frequently. We just, we want some way to connect. We just right. want to hear from her. We want to see her. We want, oh, it's like you, you're torn apart from this thing and you're, you so desperately want to, to touch or hear or hug or, and. Because that, how
2: amazing would it be if somebody passed away and you're just like, hey, let me just go check in with them real quick. Make sure that they're good and be yeah. like, hey. Oh, um, you're fine? Okay, cool. I'm going to get back to life. You do your thing. I'll
1: yeah, do my thing. Right. It's all good. Exactly. We'll but see you in the next life. Y- yeah. yeah. We'll see you when I pass over.
0: So it's these sort of experiences that help us stay connected and help us to, to have those mini experiences. And so that leads me into like the dreams a little bit. So the dreams do that too. So I don't know why. I want to blame it on my birth control medication, but I have very <laughs> lucid dreams constantly. So that's good
1: because that's what I was going to tell you is... In the beginning, because of the experiences that you guys have had, I don't remember my dreams, period. Mm. And I've had that for, gosh, I think once I became an adult, I think as a kid, you remember all the bad ones, the nightmares, whatever. But um, I couldn't remember dreams. And when I had my first reading, the reader said, she comes to you in your dreams. Mm. And I said, no because i don't dream and she said just because you don't remember doesn't mean that you don't dream yeah so i started trying to google how to remember mm-hmm. dreams how to have a lucid dream how mm-hmm. to have vivid dreams oh yeah dreams, i remember mom
0: doing the research and even looking into like drugs like yes. ayahuasca <laughs> but it's, or but something it's like in
2: desperation <laughs> at that time
0: you're willing to try it, anything it that is. somebody you're, says
2: works yes, yes. Nope, and if right. it doesn't cause you know cancer or make my heart
0: exactly. stop, exactly, let's try it. And, and mom was on oh, a mission.
1: Yeah. You, you've heard the the people that go into they actually pay people and they go out yes. like in the desert and they're smoking yes. in a tent. Yep. I don't know what they're smoking, we're but we're
0: still gonna try it one yes.
1: day. <laughs> but it's really because of the way we are. We don't we don't mess with drugs. We don't mess no, with all don't. this stuff. So I started looking into more like natural holistic. forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Eating a banana, the potassium is supposed to. What is it that's in turkey that helps you sleep? Because that's another one.
0: Oh, shoot,
1: I don't know. Tri- tryptophan or so. well, whatever it is.
0: But, I just eat it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So turkey is supposed to help you mm. get to sleep. Valerian root. There's teas. You know that's we're supposed not to help you get any to of sleep. These, no. by the way, no. we're
0: just telling you what we
1: learned. <laughs> yes. But it's but it's all over the counter stuff that you can do that actually helps you sleep. But it also helps you remember your dreams. Mm. So that I guess is called vivid dreaming. Yeah. And lucid dreaming mm. is supposed to be that. And I know this because. I She's done her research. Hello, <laughs> Lucid dreaming is when you actually can control your dreams. So like oh. if you're falling out of a tree or, or out of someplace high and then you make yourself fly mm. instead of for me, I can't. I've never I can't. Then There's I don't just, do lucid dreams. If I, if I trip, just trip, I wake myself up. Because mm. I'm like, holy crap. I, that's that always the best, right? And
2: then you shake your bed and your Yeah, whole bed you, and as soon as you right. shake. Uh-huh. Up.
1: Uh-huh. So that's it. So like- I've, <laughs> anyway. I've never tried. I didn't even know you can. But I started figuring out there are certain things that you can do. Like, again, like... The kefir that I was drinking, oh. so
0: that's what started
1: the <laughs> she process. She started making her
0: own kafir. Yes. Like that was the whole so project. So the kefir, <laughs> like the probiotic project.
1: So kefir is it's actually like um, yogurt on steroids. It's yeah. supposed to be really, really good. They sell and it I hear at the you market. you can make it
0: like the instant pot. Yeah, <laughs> I have an instant pot now because <laughs> I wanted to be able to instant make it. Pots hey, yeah, to try um, ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: it's supposed to be healthy for you. Yeah, um, adding potato starch. So if you have potato starch before you go to sleep so kefir or yogurt with potato starch that Mm -hmm. helps you go to sleep heavier Mm. but it also helps you dream and remember your dream Mm. and that's what I was looking for I don't know what helped me because you could take vitamins too it's supposed to help Mm. um but b6s I think and believe me I bought Everything that I could out of the (laughs) the counter and tried it for a week, and if it was nothing, I threw it off to the side next. And then what? Melatonin is another one. You've heard of melatonin, yeah, yeah. yeah. But melatonin also helps. It's in my Tylenol PM to help me sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But it's supposed to help you also to remember your dreams hmm. but um, i've
2: heard too that like um if you create the intention it's supposed the intention to help you're it. supposed you have to have to s- the intention yeah. you're supposed to say it out loud mm-hmm. like hey I want to have a dream but you know what's funny too is that even just that concept frustrates me because i think like okay well can i request can i have a dream of my daughter every night like yes mm-hmm. and if i put that intention out there that's
0: supposed yes. to work right? and then it's when you to. if it doesn't happen you're 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 setting expectations for heartbreak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just this up and down roller coaster. Yeah. You're like... But what? it's if not the that int- she
1: isn't there. If it's just the, that's the intention what that to needs to
2: be there, like, can I just be like every night You then? probably dream every, every night, night with her. And every day, get so it done.
1: So <laughs> how many times... How many dreams you have a night. There's, you, there's several. They say that your dreams last five to 20 minutes and you have several per night. The only one you remember is the, the REM last cycles. one. Yeah. yeah. The only one you remember though is the last one before you wake up. So if your daughter comes to Sometimes. visit you every dang night, which I know she does because she, when I had that one dream, that's, I know where that's where she was going. That's the, the thing is you only remember that the last very last one. And what The other thing that helps is keeping a journal. So either yes. keep a piece of paper or notebook paper or a notebook and a pencil Something or paper. Beside your bed. So that every time you mm-hmm. wake up, you can write down what was the last thing that you remember yeah. in your dreams. You yeah. go yeah. back sometimes to sleep, you're going to dream again.
2: Sometimes fast. Yes. Like sometimes you wake up and you're like, oh, I remember and it this, goes away. this, and oh, how good yeah, it's, it's yeah uh-huh. abs-
1: that's uh-huh. absolutely true. But the more you do it, the more you'll remember. Yeah. And again, I started this off because she told me. I actually thought I don't dream. I tell everybody I don't dream. I know now that I do. I just didn't have the tools to make myself remember the dreams now. Mm. So going back to like what we dreamt, I finally dreamt. The one that I remembered the most I dreamt were I actually had a lucid dream. I controlled it. I That's was in so my weird. room. Mm-hmm. So it was vividly in my room and the baby came in walking into the room. I said, oh, my God, it's the baby. And I was trying to wake my husband up to let him know that I just dreamt about the baby. And then I realized I was dreaming and I ran off my bed and caught her at my doorway. And I gave her the biggest hug that I could. And she did this. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> like you're bugging me. <laughs> but she would do that like if just, like get it together. Yeah, like oh, grandma. <laughs> And and I just felt like she was busy. And the way what I felt is she's on her way to go see her mom. Mm-hmm. But she wanted to check on me, see if where I was at. That's what I felt. Mm-hmm. But then after that I woke up. And my husband got mad because he said, you should have woke me, woke me, so I could have seen her. But there's no way you're going to see her in my dream. So, (laughs) And that was the only one and only time that I've been able to actually have a lucid dream where I actually... Controlled it. I I knew I was dreaming. They say when you know you're dreaming, you can count your your fingers. What? And if you can count, if you look at your hand and you can count your fingers and you go one, two, three, four, five, you know you're lucid dreaming. Interesting. It's weird. There's so many things I started listening have to. You have
0: a lot of time on your hands. yeah. <laughs> so, but believe me. I've never counted my fingers. No. Right. right? never even thought Believe of that.
1: me. When I was lucid dreaming and the baby was there, I wasn't going to waste my time counting Oh, 100%. My no. Wait,
2: does it work if you pinch yourself?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've only done it that one time. And the only other time that I remember, that's the lucid dreaming. My other dream, I remember the one that I remember that I know. God dang, that was I know that was her. We were at a stadium. Her and I, I was holding onto her hand, and I can see all these colors. That's the other thing. I don't know. I didn't think I, I dreamt in color. But I saw her red socks, and they had... The bows on it, like Minnie Mouse bows on her socks and her dress was red and her her skirt. It wasn't a dress. It was a skirt. And we were going up the stadium steps. And all of a sudden she like she her I can't even remember which leg now, but whenever legs went out on her Mm -hmm. because she was walking, she was full on. She had short hair. I remember Can her I pause being short. for a
0: second? So in real life, when the cancer was in her back, it started to affect her lower extremities. Yes. So um, actually early on, um, I want to say with one of the first surgeries, she had lost like uh, blood flow remember one foot was always warmer mm-hmm. than the other yeah that's what mm-hmm. they said so uh,
2: as it per- thermal regulation was yes. yeah. impaired for sure yeah i think
0: that so was everybody. her second
1: surgery no i don't think it, was it wasn't It was from
0: her first initial kidney surgery yeah, yeah, I, think I think it was, it
1: was her, her second
0: surgery. one yeah, yeah. so a- as her cancer and the cancer journey progressed she, she started to have less function in her legs yeah. so go ahead that's, so that's real life though yeah <laughs> so in
1: my dream she had full function we were walking up the stadium steps and all of a sudden she like jerked me and I turned and she her leg had like it broke it's all of a sudden it was all crazy and it was all like it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing it was limp like one leg was limp and I picked her up and I was like oh my gosh what happened what happened and she started busting up laughing in the dream like I got Got you you, But she was like that. It was like, that's what she was doing. She was trying to play play a trick on me and make me feel bad about, and make me pick her up because she didn't Handling. like to walk well, yeah.
2: What's was horrible just, is that a lot of this started because she started having stomach aches in yeah. real life. In mm. real life, she started having stomach aches. Yeah. And then, of course, in real life, she would go to Grandma and be like, oh, my stomach. Oh. And, of course, you know, Grandma's like, mm-hmm. what is it, High Mama? Alert. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she's like... <laughs> Gotcha, <laughs> yeah. And
1: I'm like, oh, you, can't, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't, you can't do that to Grandma, I can't do that, Mama. That's, that's such I a trickster. Them, oh, and she'd have the face and everything, like, oh my gosh, what can I do? Tell me what you need. Tell me what you want before your mom gets downstairs, so
0: I can get it for you. <laughs> so bad. That's so funny. So
1: she was so funny. <laughs> she was a trickster. She was always doing that. Always.
0: That's so funny. Oh, well, I can remember, I don't, so clearly I don't have lucid dreams, if that's the definition. I have very clear, vivid dreams constantly. And sometimes she'll pop in, and she'll pop in in various forms. Like, sometimes she'll pop in and she has hair. Sometimes she'll pop in and she's bald. Sometimes she'll pop in and she's, like, has hair in between um, treatments where she sort of has hair, but then it's, you know, it's going to fall out because she's going she's to have chemo again. Mm-hmm. So, but in, in each of those dreams, we have a habit of, if we have those dreams, we'll text each other in the morning of what those dreams were. That's like our journaling, right? Is Uh we'll go, Hey, I had a dream about the baby and this is what happened. And we'll sort of try to assess and analyze what it all means. Why are we having a dream about this? What does Mm -hmm. this mean? Right. So, but most of my dreams with her, the ones I remember fondly are the ones where she's healthy, but still has like the, she physically looks like she was in treatment but she's healthy she's energized she's not you know feeling down or nothing she's fine but the ones that really get to me are the ones that she's like she'll hug me or like I'll get to carry her and she'll she'll hug me hard and that was one of the things in real life that she would always do like I would surprise her um uh, because I'd lived near the coast I would drive inland to mom's house and not tell her I'm coming and I would just show up and surprise her. And she would give me the biggest hug because she wouldn't know I was coming. And it was just like we were both so excited to see each other. So it was those feelings that I, you know, that I get to refeel through those dreams. I would give the world to have over and over and over again. Yeah. Like it's just there's something with it that it just it helps me relive those moments in my dreams. But it feels so real in mm-hmm. my dreams. It's so weird. But it's things like that that I just like ugh, are just little golden nuggets like you said gems i just Mm -hmm. i love them but if you're not dreaming are there any other dreams you guys want to talk about
2: Mm, i think for me the one that i remember i think there's two that are super significant for me the first one was i think just being able to hug her Mm -hmm. i remember there was one Mm -hmm. dream that i can't remember the rest of the dream but i just remember seeing her and going Oh my gosh, running over, getting down on my knees to her level and just putting two arms around her and hugging Ugh. the heck out of her and waking up and going, I just saw her and she gave me the biggest hug, you know, and cry- I remember I was like ugly crying, like ugly, <laughs> ugly
0: crying. And in, in real life was, or so in your in, dream?
2: In both. Oh. So it was as soon as I saw her, I was hugging her. And I was just like, could not control myself. Just like, yeah. <laughs> and then I woke up and my eyes are all watery, you know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, thank you for that dream, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the very first dream that I actually had of her, it was a different situation because like that dream was almost like I could feel it. Mm-hmm. This for other dreams I'm talking about was almost like I didn't understand the gravity of her not physically being there while I was in the dream. So I dreamt that something that we had done often was that I was walking down a hospital hallway, you know, and Mm -hmm. when I was walking down, I already recognized where I was at. Okay, I'm here to see, you know, my Mm -hmm. little princess. So I get to the room that I know that she's in, and I open the door, and I look in the room, and it's like a regular hospital room, and she's laying in the bed, and she looks up like, you made it, like the Mm -hmm. same, mom, Mm -hmm. you're here. And so then I went over there and I gave her a big hug. But I remember in that dream, I wasn't sad. You know, I wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm getting to see her for the first time in a while. I was kind of just like, hey, you know, good to see you. And she was like, let me show you everything, you know. And so then... I go in there and so there was somebody else in the room with her and I kind of understood it as like almost like a nurse, but she wasn't wearing like regular nurse attire. Okay. And so she jumped out of her bed and she like grabbed my hand and she started pulling me everywhere. Look, look at what we're doing, you know, and she took me to uh, the side of the wall and usually the hospital rooms is just one doorway in and you get like a window or something. And she took me to the side where the window was, but it was a big like open door window and she opened it up and I looked it was, like, she she took me outside. She had, like, a balcony on the side of her hospital room. And on the side of the balcony was just rolling hills and beautiful tall trees. And, like, the sun was setting. And on her little balcony, she had, like, an art table. Oh. And the person that was there with her was standing right there, like, waiting for her, like... Kind of like nodding, like, yep, show her around. Like, show Aww. her what it is that you're doing. And she's like, it's so much fun. And she was just showing me this and showing me that. And I just remember standing there just in awe, like, what hospital is this? Yeah. That you get to have this beautiful view. And I could I could just feel that the person that she was with was just super kind. Aww. Didn't recognize her. Not, yeah. not a familiar face, but just super kind. And I was just like, this is amazing, Mama. And she was like, I know, you know. <laughs> I wanted to show you. And I think after that dream, I was just... It was, it was another one of those moments where I felt like, she's okay. Mm. You know, she's showing me where she's at. Oh. And it's beautiful. Beautiful beyond anything that I've seen in real life, you know. And I was just like, she's, she's okay.
1: I have to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take the place of having your child here, but it at least gives you some kind of, for me, at least it gave me some comfort yeah. because it wasn't like for me, like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a hundred percent now that I was able to dream about her and I was able to, to Cause you give don't her get that over hug. It. No, yeah, it's you It's not like, don't. okay,
2: I'm good now. Yeah. No, yeah, no. no. it's nothing like it's that. Not like it's nothing
1: like that, but it gives you a little bit of a
2: little motivation to keep pushing.
1: Yeah. Keep pushing a little bit of peace because it is, when you first, at least for me, my first thing was, how can she be okay? I, yeah. I don't understand. She she didn't like to be without her mom. She didn't like to be without her grandma or her auntie. No, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> she can't be. We're not there with her. And yeah. it makes me feel a little bit more comforted, I guess. I guess I can't get away from that word. It's just, it's not that it's like you said, like you're not 100%, okay, I'm good, I can go on. It's just, I mean, we still have those times and it's been a long time that she passed. And I still have days where I get up and that's all I want to do is cry. So it doesn't change anything, but it does give you like, okay. So today, right now I feel awful and I'm going to give myself that. But then tomorrow I'm going to keep going. I'm going to, you know, because I have to honor her no matter what, you know. And honor your
0: feelings. Like, I'll speak briefly about this really quick. But I had said previously in, in one of the episodes that I, I'll sit in it. Because I want to honor my feelings. I want to I, I sit in that pain for a little bit. Because for me, it's like, I have all this love. And I think that was how somebody described it. I have all this love inside of me. And I have nowhere to put it for her. And all that bundles up. Inside and then like I need it to come out and it comes out in the form of crying like it just I need it to go somewhere But the only way I can do that is by crying and I'm just in so much pain thinking about it But again, I know it's temporary I know that I won't be in this grief in this deep dark place for a long period of time I mean you can ask my husband I can be in it for 30 minutes I can be in it for a couple hours the other day. I was editing her departure episode and I had to watch a movie, it's called Collateral Beauty, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But that movie resonates so strongly with me, and for me, it's what I needed to get out of it. Like, it just, it helps me validate my feelings, it helps me to get through that moment, and then I can come out of it on the other side and able to get through the rest of the day, right? I don't know if Collateral Beauty is what I want to go into now, because I do want to talk about the other signs that help us stay connected, because it, it's dreams and it's also like numbers with mediums like if you do a, me- a reading with a medium they'll talk about specific numbers and how they relate to you for us we strongly see her birth date numbers frequently and there's some things you just can't explain and I'll talk about a story for those but she was born July 23rd so sometimes we'll see sevens. sevens are very lucky anyway so woo woo you know we can play those numbers we'll in Vegas number uh huh, and twenty three. So I know twenty three is a very common number. Like, there's a movie all about twenty three. Like, have Isn't you seen crazy? it? Jim Carrey. Yes, you ever- <laughs> it, it is. It's, it is crazy, <laughs> and. Our addresses adds up to twenty three. Yes, license plates add up to twenty three. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. so, there's, of, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. so there's some very strange coincidences with the number twenty three. Um, LeBron I wish James, I was 23. yeah, mm-hmm. LeBron James, I think is twenty three. Um, Michael Jordan was twenty three. So there's twenty three yeah, and a lot of advertising of, right. period mm-hmm. with twenty three. Mm-hmm. But twenty three pops up at very particular moments for me. Disney, Disney, yes, I'll tell you about mm-hmm. that one. Um, so 23 pops up very, like when I need it, when I'm thinking about her, I'll look up and see 23 and go, hi mama. You know, like there's very specific times that it pops up. Like sometimes I'll be out and about and there might be a 23 and I won't be thinking about her and I I don't feel that connection. But it's specifically when I'm thinking about her. So it happens a lot and I'll see like a 23 or I'll see a 7 and I'm just like, oh, thank you. You know, I just needed that little hello from heaven like Monica the medium mentions. So there's there's a couple things with those numbers and I'll speak about that experience next. So but there's so much involved in this episode. I I feel like we're taking so many turns. So her make a wish was to Disney World and she loved it. And us being in California, another way for her to experience, like, the Disney was we have Disneyland really close by. It's within driving distance. And so we would visit often to keep her spirits up in the cancer journey, which was actually really risky. Because if you think about it, all the surfaces that have germs there, right? So. Um, but it was a way for us to we had escape of
2: hand washing. Yes, we and did. Germ so we did. Uh huh. We did all
0: those wipes and sanitizing before COVID. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were already ready masks, with this. Uh huh. Yeah. And we were wearing masks before masks were a cool thing, right? So and they had Disney specific masks for her little little ones for her little face. So Disney is very sentimental for us. So us not being at Disney is really painful for yeah. me. I'm sure it's with you guys too. But right before COVID hit, I want to say we went in like March. 4th of 2020, right before it was a lockdown. And it was for um, my stepbrother's 23rd birthday. Yes, Uh-huh. We went to Disneyland. Him and his brother, they got tickets and we we're annual pass holders. So we can go really anytime. Mm-hmm. But we took them for their birthday because they're big uh, Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. And the Rise of the Resistance ride was recently opened. And so we wanted to take them and experience Star Wars. No, what's it called? It's I would get yelled at if I called it Star Wars Land. It has a very specific name, and I've read that if you're a Disney, i um, sorry, a Star Wars fan, you're not supposed to call it Star Wars Land. But anyways, there's a whole land or section of Disneyland that's dedicated to Star Wars. Galaxy's Edge. Thank you. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yes. So, in Galaxy's Edge, there's a Star Wars ride, Rise of the Resistance. We had gone prior to that march and get to get on Rise of the Resistance. What you had to do was at eight o'clock when they opened the gates and opened the doors, if you were not in the park, you couldn't get like register to be in the queue to get into it so it's whatever like pre-boarding pass you had to get right so you had to log on to the app and do all these things so you're saying
2: you could only do it if you're in the
1: park right? Yes. yeah you can't do it if you're uh-uh. outside of the park you had to be inside the park in a very
0: specific area of the no park? no in area just area park. in the park so they'll scan your ticket and that's how they'll know you're in the park okay if you're not in the park you're scan your ticket isn't scanned like i remember We were waiting like outside the park entrances and there were like the first day. I don't know how we timed it or we just didn't pay attention, but we went the first day it opened and there were people running from the trams to get into the park to get a chance to get um, a boarding pass. Uh Uh-huh. I'm sure you know where this is going. So we are inside the park. It's his 23rd birthday and we're all on our phones ready. It's eight o'clock and we're okay. Because we have a better chance.
1: All of us logged on. And all of us were trying to get in. We were all connected together. So after the first one got in... The rest they could of do us, it for everybody else. Yes, yes. It, it worked for everybody else. But we had a better chance with all of us trying. trying. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we were all trying on our phones. It's five people trying on their phones to get in this. But you guys were in, are in like a crowd of like oh, yeah. people, right? Yeah, it was oh, yeah. crazy. Everybody's, it's
1: crazy the amount of people that are out like, there.
0: I forget what his movie it's called, but it's like people are zombies because they're all staring at their phones. That's what the entrance of Disneyland looked like. It was like everybody <laughs> yeah, was just waiting you, on their phones, waiting just, for 8 o'clock yeah. to, to try to get your chance into the queue.
1: And we went up to the where the monorail Right, gets yeah, on a because level, it was at a higher level. We were hoping that service. yes, <laughs> we were hoping to get better south service up there. Aye, aye, aye.
0: And there was higher. a lot uh-huh. of people
1: up there. A lot of people that you saw. It was like you said. You looked down Main Street, and it just like zombie uh-huh, and It was uh-huh. all just uh-huh. filled with people. Yeah, how many people just would you waiting. say were there?
0: in that Gosh. front area? Yeah. At least 500 people. It's it's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than it that. It was wow. bad. It's bad. I mean, you
2: guys have told me this story before, but I didn't think it was that bad. Oh many no, it it's was bad. it was
1: really bad. In it's the beginning bad. when this that thing first opened, yeah. That's what everybody was going for. That's what the boys were going for. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah, yeah it's insane. So, When 8 o'clock hit, all of us are on our phone. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, because we talked about strategy before because there's a couple windows you have to hit, a couple buttons you have to hit before you can, like, get to the window where you can, like, add your tickets to the queue. So, okay, you're going to hit this window. You're going to hit this window, and then, then you can click in. So there's a couple steps. And so we're all clicking, 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 clicking. I was, I, the first time we went, I was successful. So I was able to get us in. I got into group like 78. It was late in the You're day. You're talking about a different
2: time. Yes. Yeah. This was the time. first time. So
0: yeah. when I did it the first time I was able to get in, but it was late in the day. They only do up to like maybe a hundred groups a day, but it depends on how the ride is going. Like if it's down, then all the groups get delayed to later in the day because that group can't board at that time.
1: It was so new. They didn't have all the bugs out of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we got into group 78. So it was really, really late by the time we actually got yeah. in. But the ride was amazing. It yeah. was so good. So we were really excited to get into this time. Mm-hmm. So after we all start clicking and we're doing this for this round, my stepbrother, who's his 23rd birthday, got in. And he's screaming and he's jumping up and excited. Because and he's so And now we're all anyway.
1: excited. And yeah. I'm like, Because
0: basically once you get in... Like everybody cheers and the whole crowd goes from, "Ah," because everybody's cheering that they got in. It's this weird, just acceleration of noise. Like the whole crowd just starts like at a, um, like a football game, a stadium game. He just goes, everybody gets excited. And my stepbrother, he's like excited and he's cheering and he's doing this. I'm fucking thrilled. I'm like, yes. But then I'm like, what group? What What group
1: group were we we in? (laughs) And what group was it?
0: It's gotta be 23.
2: 23?
1: It, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was insane. Yeah. And we I like,
0: cried. So I'm not- so embarrassed <laughs> because there's people high fiving each other. They're like so excited. Yeah, did you eat it? Woohoo! I got it. I got it. What number did you get? Yeah. <laughs> we got 23, and I. I bawled, and, and her they're mom like, was "She's at- a big <laughs> Star
2: Wars
1: fan." Like Jesus
0: Christ, <laughs> I don't care what they thought. Okay, so
1: so is that a coincidence? I don't know. So, and that's what.
2: Well, it's hard to pull yourself to out about. of it logically. Yes. you know, to go like, well, of course, there's a chance for anybody to get twenty three. So there's always a chance every day somebody gets twenty three,
0: right? But I only go to Disneyland. Well, I go to Disneyland for me, but for her, you know, like I feel like it's a way for me to stay connected because she loves this ride or and I'll ride it and remember her or remember the times that we rode the ride together or I'll go to this shop or I'll get a pin that's of a particular Disney princess, right? So everything I do, it just helps me stay connected to her. That particular day, because I think it was is 23rd birthday, it was just an extra level of like, ugh. Like, it just hit home and hit my heart. Um, So that was one of the major signs. One of the other, I have two more I want to talk about really quickly. But one of the earlier ones was when we, I don't know if it was the anniversary of her passing, or it was shortly after, and it was her first birthday, and we released balloons at the park that was near Mom's house. Which is bad for the environment, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, But we released balloons, and it took the shape of a heart. That was
1: crazy. That was crazy because I remember going,
0: Did anybody get that? Did anybody? Uh-huh. Who brought pictures? I mean, who brought I'll a camera have to, to look take to pictures? i see if anybody has a picture and I'll post it on our social media. I, I have it. Oh, good. Send I, it to I me. I have it somewhere, yeah. Yeah, but you guys can see, like, it's so weird. So um, she loved hearts. She loved drawing hearts. She was full of love. We've talked about this before. Everything about her was love. And anytime there was a heart or you see a heart shaped rock or a heart shaped anything, it's that little hello from heaven that Mark and mm-hmm. the media talks about, right? So, but this was like, This was amazing. Like, there were so many people there. It was fresh. It was raw. We're all her little friends from school. Some of, you know, the parent friends came to help honor her. I think it was her birthday. Maybe it wasn't. I I think it was was her birthday. No, because we did the birthday at the school. Um, at the university because they were doing a moving night. We saw Big Hero 6. We oh, that's invited everybody right. there. That's right. So I think this was the first anniversary, and we all let balloons go, and it took the shape of a big heart, and it was, like, eyeballed. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was just another, another connection that I can't explain, and I can't explain away is mm-hmm. the other part, right? So – part of part of the signs too is because I'm a skeptic I try to like explain it away well this it could have been or should have been or this was going to happen anyway or you know like and there're sometimes that I think I make the story fit and I think mom does that a lot mm-hmm. where she'll she'll see something and go oh this is obviously the baby right <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and we're yes. like, that's a strange. Mom, yeah. <laughs> so, so, there are some things that are easier to explain away than others. But the other, um, the other story I wanted to mention about staying connected in signs was so she like the baby liked to draw things and write and uh, naturally like any little kid would. And anytime she drew anything, I would keep it, and she would draw things for me and write me notes. So I kept everything together. Shortly after she had passed. Jess and I were in the car getting gas at Costco, and you left for something. You left to go to the one of the close restaurants for something. Came back in the car and saw a little note on the floor of my car, and you're like, "Oh, what's this?" And you hand it to me. It was a note that she had written and a picture she had drawn for me. Now I want to back up a little bit because there are so she and I have this inside story about um, how much we love each other and. Um, I would always say, I love you so much. And she'd say, I love you too. And I'd say, I love you more. I win. You know, like it's just a game of who can love each other more. And this particular picture that she drew was one of the ones that said, I win on it. So for me, that was a sign from her, like, I, even from heaven or wherever beautiful place she's in, I win and how much she loves me. And it was, and it's so much so that I got it fucking tattooed on me. So <laughs> I'll take a picture of that and post that to our social media too. But so that is one story that I couldn't let go. It was just like, I couldn't explain that away because I kept all of her notes together. There's no reason that this particular one should have been not with the others. And for it to appear after she had passed away was just so special and so meaningful to me, and so I got it tattooed. But there are other things. So, like, rainbows is a big one. She mm-hmm. loved rainbows, and rainbows will appear out of nowhere, and we talk about her and remember her in those moments. Like, I think she only sends them to certain people. I haven't got one in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so mom sees them a lot. Uh, Jess sees them a lot. Are there any other signs, big signs you guys want to share?
2: What I'll see every once in a while that I, I have only seen, and maybe I'm only paying attention after she passed, is I'll see a white...
0: Crane. Like a crane. single yeah, white. That's crazy, huh? crane. What's a so, crane?
1: So it's, a, it's bird. a bird. Oh. But it's a crane that's specific. <laughs> like a
0: machine? <laughs> no. Like you can go to
1: no. any
2: construction <laughs> site, I'm sure, and see it's a white a huge <laughs> yellow. <laughs> though, but white. I don't know. Yeah.
1: It's a huge bird. So to be honest, so when we were walking to school one day with her, right? Wasn't didn't we see a white crane like right on that street that's right behind us? But we were walking to school and we saw this huge bird and I'm like, this cannot be in the desert area. This doesn't make sense to be out here cuz it cuz a crane well, doing that. But then out again,
2: here. we're not bird connoisseurs. No. So it like, could we be wouldn't even know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if it's called a crane. <laughs> <sighs> or
0: crying out loud.
1: Mm. Yeah, but that's that's my experience with it, that I remember that. So when I do see it, whether it's on TV or whatever, it always reminds me of, of that time that we went. And it was out yeah. there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah,
2: but sometimes and I, I'll see it in, like, just peculiar places. Like, yeah. one mm. time, I was on the freeway. somewhere heading out towards L.A., and it was sitting in the center divider between the two, free, the, you know, the north and okay. south or east and west, just hanging out. Sounds like know. a... Death wish. Right? No. <laughs> so a uh, big um, white
1: crane. Yeah. And so you're like, What's
2: it doing? Cars. Hanging out right here. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I had talked to uh, one of my friends at work that's also, you know, does the same job that I do. And she was telling me that day that we saw the crane, that they actually had a an accident on the freeway that we have close by. And it was full of birds, including cranes that were just going crazy because it was involved in an accident. So oh. it opened the door and all these, you know, birds were flying all over the place. So that explained the one that we saw that day that we were walking. But at the same time, you're like, it's like seeing like an elephant walking down the street. It was like, weird. this doesn't belong right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that explained that because, you know, I had to figure out what was going on and why we would have seen it. Cause she was still with us. We all saw it together, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I'll see the clock strike 723. Like, I don't know why I'm looking at the clock at that time, but I'll look and see 723 yeah. and just go, hi, Mama, you know, good morning. or oh, purchase something and it costs. Yes, receipts. That's mm-hmm. a good one. You'll see um, the cost on a receipt for, like, fast food yes. or something. And, yes, and it'll you know, have her numbers on there. And I remember there. getting, like, table numbers. Um, they'll give you a table number to bring out your food to you, and it's 23, or you know. So there's, there's oftentimes that the, those numbers specifically pop up. So for me,
1: after the baby passed, we had all of the grandkids with us, so now we're just with four. And we're in the parking lot. That license plate, it read 7 and then part of her name and then 723 in the parking wow. lot at Disney. So I took a picture of that and I thought, what is the odds that we would be able to see that? And I'm not even the one that found I it. I think I the, remember that. The grand, the the oldest grandchild found it. Mm. And it was like, look, Grandma, look. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So license plates is a big thing for me Mm -hmm. because I see it all the time. The other day, right before we had our podcast, the last podcast, when I was driving down the street, I saw seven twenty three in the license plate. I think when it comes to numbers I get crazy and I add the numbers and I already know the numbers that add up to twenty three. So when every time I see the sequence, yeah, that's a little bit crazy. I do. It's okay though. (laughs) Because it's still, it's just, I look at it and I'm like, oh. And then there's a special song that comes up that reminds me of her. And it's like, yeah, I know it's her. Or in the morning, I'm going off to work and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm running so late. And please, you know, I ask her to leave, uh. Parking spot,
2: all over me, so
0: I could just we, go we've in. We've used that and to our advantage. advantage. We've used that to our advantage <laughs> yeah. sometimes where we'll be in a parking lot think, looking for a specific parking spot, or not a specific parking spot, just an open one, because yeah. depending where we're at, it could be really extremely busy. And sometimes we'll start talking to her and just go, can you help us like, find a parking spot, her, Yeah, yes. Papa's we need a part. We need to get at a Whoa. spot. And and then next thing you know, something pops up, and you're like, how did this just happen? And it's yeah. a really good spot.
1: <laughs> so what's random, is though, it is really
0: a coincidence? I don't so know. it's I not think-
1: just us?
2: Yeah, the overarching sort of concept is just that, you know, after a child passes away, you definitely feel like there's a big missing piece in your life period. 100% and you're also feeling like i would be having all these experiences if they were here mhm and you're searching for those still meaningful anything experiences to again have that connection or feel like they're close or feel like their life still has meaning even if it's not currently the same way
0: that it was you know and I, i want you to speak to this a little bit too is you have this person in your life and they are taken from you and it's hard to continue to do normal things without this person so for me it's still including her in what we do today, as if she were still here, you know. Granted, I'm not pretending there's a little invisible person walking around. That's not what I'm saying. It's these signs that still make it so that she's living with us in these current moments, wherever she is. She's still with us. She's still. We're still honoring her and remembering her. Of her. Yes, in these moments, loving her, yes, missing her, exactly.
1: And just remember, it's not just you going through it. Your other family members are going through it too. So if you have other children, you honor them by expressing your feelings about it. Because sometimes, because that's what our other grandkids were doing. They were just always pointing things out. Oh my gosh, grandma. And I would never, ever sit there going, yeah, I don't know where you guys are coming up with that stuff. You know, I honor that because I see they also miss their cousin. They're yeah. missing a part of their lives, too. And they understand. They can see the pain in their parents' eyes, mm-hmm. in their grandparents' eyes, in their auntie's eyes. They can see how important it is for us. But this child was important to them, too. Yeah. This it, It's not just you going through it. So don't forget about the other kids in your family. Don't forget about the other family members because they miss her also. Yeah honor that when they talk to you. And and to be honest with you, people that don't know Sometimes they're afraid to talk about it. I think sometimes, you know, even family members are afraid to bring up even her name. But they don't understand. It's not like they're reminding me that I lost her. I don't forget that I lost her. So they just honor her when they tell me something.
0: Well, that brings up a very interesting topic, though, that I wanted to cover with Jess. Because, you know, before COVID, we can, we were still social. This was a few years right after, you know, she had passed. People would ask Jess that she newly meets, how many kids do you have? Mm-hmm talk us through what that was like and how you respond and sort of what motivated you to respond the way you do.
2: I think it's a journey to figure it out because I think initially you have no idea what it is that you should say or what feels okay for you or how you're going to impact the person that's asking. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because, because it's not it's just, funny. I'm because sorry. It's, no, because it's a common question yes. that people go like, "Hey, what do you do for uh-huh. work? And How you have many kids Do you uh-huh. have? Yeah. And What are
1: your kids doing? What are you know? How old are they? Are they? Uh-huh. What school are they going to?" Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And so I think it definitely struck me in the moment because I, I guess I didn't foresee it, but the first time that somebody had asked, shocking. Me, yeah, I was like, oh
0: shit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like there's. <laughs> I said it for you. <laughs> Like, they have no idea what they just asked Uh me. How do I
0: respond? And it's not just that, too, is they don't know that that could be a trigger for you. Right. And they're sort of maybe watching you physically unfold. Like, oh, shit, did I ask the wrong question? Like, I know for me, like, if... If you ask me a question and I and I say what my answer is, my face probably gives you a clearer answer than what my mouth does. So I'm mm-hmm. sure if when somebody the first person that asked you saw physically your response right. like, and I'm sure oh, there was a hesitation shit. there yes. and uh-huh. my
2: brain was like, you know, in the conversation, "Hey, yeah, I do this." And then all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, crud. What am I?" Uh... So I think initially, I think what I had done was just kind of ignore it. You know, like not ignore it, it, not ignore it, but ignore that whole situation. So I would kind of like, oh, I have two kids. Uh Uh-huh. And it almost felt like I pretended as if she didn't pass away. You know, Mm. I have two kids. One is this old and one is this old, you Mm -hmm. know, so that I didn't have to share the whole story. And I think... I definitely remember at times feeling like that wasn't exactly honest and it didn't really feel like I honored her either. Almost felt like I lied about it, you Mm. know? So it was like, it didn't feel right. I can tell you that, right? Yeah. So that was my initial was like, let's not talk about it. Yeah. And then I flipped it, you know, and I would go, okay, I, you know, have a son and he's this old and uh, my daughter would be, you know, Mm. this old. And then...
0: (laughs) What are the reactions? Right. So then you
2: kind of (laughs) feel... You see, like, the color drain from somebody's face, you know? And and you kind of go, like... uh, Like, uh, there's no... How do you say it easy? You know? How do you say, hey, I have a child and she passed away? Yeah. Like, how do you say that in a regular conversation and not make the conversation turn left? Right. 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 So I think now I'm in a place where... (laughs) she I, laughs the way that I say it, it is kind of ambiguous so I'll oh. go you know it, but it depends on the person too like if it's somebody that I known really well or I'm getting to know well and I feel like I'm like safe like a co-worker yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I'm safe sharing that information I'll share it but if I'm still in that hesitant like I don't really know you too well I'll say like okay I have a son who's this old and I have a daughter who's four years younger mm. and that's as far as it'll go and like I've, I've no I've Recognize now that people won't keep asking, you know? Oh and so they I would they'll be kind, like they'll kinda of do the math in their brain and they'll go, Oh, so she's this old. And I kind of just go like, mm. you know? <laughs> Why are you laughing?
0: <laughs> because immediately I won't trust you. Like, yeah. why didn't you just say, like, if let's say, for example, your son is five, why wouldn't you say my Daughter is one, right? So
1: anybody, that's what happens. Hang on a second. Or I'll say, well, I'll go, they're four years
0: apart, you know? But it's
1: it's like, but it's not like, (laughs) but
2: but I can tell when somebody's like thinking about it or when they go, oh, okay. And they move on, you know, as opposed to like.
0: Getting stuck there. Oh, I would mm-hmm. immediately go, why is she just not telling me how old they are? <laughs> yeah, That's just I'm my, my like, uh, yeah, I don't way. believe you. You know, there's there's uh-huh. another
1: story behind that. Uh-huh. Now am I willing to list? Exactly. To that so why or, wouldn't you just...
0: So for me, it's also like um, when parents will say, I have a 12-month-old versus a one-year-old. Like, that could be it, too. Right. <laughs>
2: but... Yeah. I mean, but I think it's too like people kind of understand like I'm just asking to be nice and they're you're not like, really
0: asking right right yeah.
2: right so then like if they prod then you're like okay they're trying to really find out what it is that's going on but no, yeah. it's just like push through push through to the next yeah. question yeah. there's yeah.
0: also a lot of extroverts that are just very nosy and they'll they'll prod some more just to know like they're not really trying to get to know you better they just want more like inside information again I don't right. trust anybody so yeah. this is my like yeah. uh, my wall my no, safety
2: now at that point you know I'll say it like if they go more I'll go yeah you know she would be this old but you know she passed away and it it always gets you know oh my gosh I'm so sorry like no it's fine there's no way for you to know
0: and then they keep it moving yeah and then just keep it pushing oh that's good has anybody ever really been intrusive about it no oh that's good
1: I think most people when when I've said that's you know if they ask how many grandkids I have I just always say I have five and then, if there is something more that they want to ask, because we do have a lot of people that work at my place, that that's that's what it's about. It's about getting details and stuff. And so, when they ask more information, I do hear like they just they want to know, but they don't want to know. And now, like you open that box, so now you're yeah. gonna hear it. So here and, it comes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's Boom. okay. Yeah, <laughs> they always say they're sorry, and I never say. Like what you say, oh, you know, you can have known whatever. I just say, it's okay. It's okay for you to ask. I don't have a problem talking about her. It actually helps me to honor her. I mean, people will ask, like, who's that on my license plate? Because I have her name on my license plate. Who is that? And I'll, I don't have a problem saying who she is and talking about it. In fact, the first, very first person that asked me about my license plate was actually... The lady at my work. And oh. we didn't get that license plate until after she passed. So and she knew what it was about. She just yeah. came in and said, oh, my gosh, I love your license Aww. plate. And, and she doesn't ever like she hears a certain song and she'll come in to work. And oh, my gosh, I was thinking about her today because I heard this song going on. And I love that she does it. And she says her name. And it's like, I don't know if people around her going like,
0: You know, yeah, it's we've talked about people walking on eggshells around us, but I do want to mention that early on, when people would make the mistake of asking me because sometimes I'd be like, you know, (laughs) it was really hard to talk about. Like, I couldn't immediately go to that place. And understandably, Jess, you saying, you know, that you have two kids and you sort of pretended like she was still alive but then that was sort of painful afterwards or didn't feel right. I get that too. Like early on, I felt like it was more painful to talk about. So sort of ignoring the fact and honoring the fact that she had actually passed, went through this battle and passed, didn't feel good, but that was painful for me. So I would cry a lot early on when people would ask, oh, how's she doing? And I'd have to tell them, right? But then people would be like, like you said, how many nieces or nephews? Because I don't have any kids. So how, how do my nieces and nephews have? And I'll say five, but that was... It was much harder to talk about and work through early on than I would say it is now Mm -hmm. I think what you said talking about that progression with you too, sort of exploring what feels right to say Mm -hmm. is what people should explore themselves as well because you're not going to know early on you're going to think you know and then when it comes out it's either going to feel right or it's not and you're going to change right Right. so it's really important for you to find out what works for you and that might change over time right I was gonna say that too I think over time it definitely does
2: change because I think initially part of the The fear was talking about it and breaking down at the same time that you talked about it. And And these
0: strangers are like in for a real treat. Like I just, I just asked you what your name was. Right. And you're like fucking bawling. So,
2: (laughs) yeah. Right. But I feel like it's interesting. The progression through time has kind of been initially. It was really hard to talk about anything regarding her and not have a tear come down, not have an ugly cry, not have something that just totally shifted the way that your day was going. And I feel like now it doesn't happen as often as it used to. I feel like there's still days that are rough. There's still things that pull me down, you know, but I feel like it's, it's definitely changed through the years. It's not as, I don't know the right word, like prominent.
0: It's not as...
1: Yeah, because painful, it's still painful. It's just still just as painful, but it's...
0: I say you uh, learn to manage it a little bit Yeah, I think that's what it is. Right. And you learn to take care of yourself. Exactly. A bit and you yeah. explore what works for you. Like, mm. you could read the books. You can see the movies. And I want to come back to that movie part. But you'll see in movies that people will depict what they think grief is about and you won't know what works for you until you do it. So you can, you can have all these influences and try these things, which I think might be good um, resources to, see, you know, to see if this works for you or not, but it's really doing it yourself before you understand what, you know, what kind of works. And then it, like Jess said, it'll progress. It might change. It might be more comfortable to do this instead of this.
2: But I definitely also think that it's really important to recognize when after your child passes away and even before you're embarking on a journey. And when your child passes and how heavy it is, you feel like I'm going to feel like this forever and how am I gonna I, I can't survive feeling like this forever like this is not something that people do you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. and it's so heavy that you feel you that's what I feel like makes a lot of people want to give up because you're mm-hmm. just like I can't do this like I, I thought, this thought I couldn't so do it
0: heavy. before she passed right so it's now before and after because you anticipate or the unknown through the cancer journey, right? Not knowing if she's going to make it be in remission, if she's going to heal, if she's going to be cured, if she's not. But even pre, I felt like I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. And that's why we sought, you know, mental health professional yeah. help. Mm-hmm. But even afterwards, it's still very much an, a journey of mm-hmm. exploring your own feelings, exploring what you can mentally take, what you can't take, triggers, which will be a topic for another conversation of things that you know caring. are going to send mm-hmm. you caring yeah.
2: for yourself. Yep. And and it's important to note too that it's it's just like everything else that they say in life, it's not a straight line journey where you're no. just oh, like no. every day getting
0: a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. It's not how it works. I, I there's a picture out there that I, I think I showed my husband recently that depicted what the grief journey is about and what people think it is, and it's just like a natural step up, like step, 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 step. <laughs> and then there's a side by side of you know what you think grief is, and it's the step by step, and then it's what grief is actually like, and it's just like a little kid scribbling all over the fucking place, right? Because you're up, you're down, you're sideways, you're. Under your yeah. whatever. So you think one day,
1: you know what? I'm 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 doing okay today. I was able to do all this stuff, and the next moment you're back at crazy. You're back at I, I can't handle this anymore. Round I need zero. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: a restart button. You you make the progression and you have to understand that this journey is a lot of ups and downs. And that's normal, right? Like, you can't always be up. Like, you – you. well, maybe you are always up like Jessica. Just kidding. Nah. Just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, it's – you have to understand that this is part of it. Like, you, you will try to be so strong to be, you know, as up as possible, but know that it's okay to be down – But know that it's temporary. You will come back up. Yeah. And if it's not,
2: I mean, but it affects everybody differently. It could be that it keeps you down and you're stuck down. Sometimes you might need a little bit of, you know, a doctor's help to get you through those first weeks, days, months. You know what I mean? But it's also important to recognize that. It changes. You don't get over it. Yes, never. You You never
1: get over it because your child is gone. Right. It's It's never like, okay, I'm okay now. That doesn't change. Right.
2: Right. But it's, I found things that help me
1: now. I found
2: things that I didn't know were there before right? Right. that are working differently for me now and having a different effect on me right now.
0: Yeah. I think one of the great examples, the greatest example of what the grief journey was like for me, and what resonated the most for me, was this movie, *Collateral Beauty*. You guys, we saw that movie shortly after she had passed. It had come out shortly after. Shout out to Will Smith. Will <laughs> fucking Smith did an amazing job well, everybody with this did. movie. Yeah, it was no so overall. It, they, they all a did such a really a good, good job. But I didn't
1: like. Well, I shouldn't say I didn't like the mom what, how she recouped and she was the you know well, in the movie but it wasn't the I main thought,
2: focus of the movie no, no it wasn't
1: it was based yes you're right but the fact that they had the mom just be more calm she was like Jess Jessica. on <laughs> yeah but she was Jess on steroids or something mm. on Jess on a higher level because it was way too like
0: well they how she the had heck minimal did you? she had minimal but she also so we I don't want to give away spoilers for this movie i need you like, guys to you see it if you haven't watched it yes,
2: pause please. here go watch it now come back
0: Yes, thank you for plugging that. But this movie was so well done. It talks about, um, I don't want to spoil it, but it talks about time, love, and death all in one. But they specifically talk about all those things about Will Smith's story of him losing his daughter to cancer. And she was six years old, I think, in the movie.
1: I think six or
0: seven. Something like that. Uh But his character was so spot on for me. I I felt him in every scene. Yes. He was mad. He was angry. And he his was, whole
1: life changed. His whole life became something different yes. and he couldn't go back. And yes. that's how I feel now. Like we cannot go back to the way it was when we had her here. Right. It it just we just but can't. You we want are to. Change. You yes. want
0: to. And and for him I think that character too it was him in denial a little bit about the reality of him losing his daughter mm-hmm. right and i get that too like i that for me was early on like no this isn't real this isn't real but then when jess came down the stairs without her i was like oh this is real so there are so many emotions though that he goes through, and he and and I love this movie so so much, and that's what helps me get out of of some of my deep depressions sometimes is this movie because it's it takes you through the journey a little bit of this gentleman Will Smith's character, but it also explores the collateral beauty of losing the baby, yeah. right? And seeing you said early in other episodes, mom, like I hated the fucking sun coming up, I hated the birds chirping, but. I would you say and would you agree that even today you appreciate that? Yes,
1: because it's different now than when we first lost her. It's to me, she loved to hear the birds. She loved being outside in the sun. She loved I mean, anything that was happiness, it just now it just reminds me of her, of how she loved all this stuff. So it was just me and my terrible grief that i wanted to hurt someone because i felt a lot of pain.
2: She laughed at you. Well, I'm, no, okay. i no, i didn't <laughs> laugh at her. When she said that it reminded me of something because you're talking about movies mm-hmm. and for me i feel like what i connect with is steel magnolias.
0: Oh yes, Jessica. Thank you. <laughs> thank you Jess for bringing that up. Right oh because God. when
2: she's, she you said you wanted at the to the hit funeral. somebody. Oh, yes. I yeah. And what? she goes
1: here. Take her. I just want like, to hit her. Just like hit her. Just hit her. Yeah. Hit hard. I, well. Let's
0: talk about that really quickly. I love that scene. And I've we've always loved this movie. I think you loved it first and you made me love it. Mm. But so if you haven't seen it, um, pause here. Pause here. Watch it. And come back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> um, but it's Sally Field. Sally Field's such a great actress, too. And she loses her adult daughter but she still loses her child mm-hmm. right and at her funeral she is she goes off on this this rant this monologue about she can run a marathon her daughter never will she can do all these things see this baby grow but her daughter will never see that she can you know it's the loss of it's just the loss of those experiences we have talked mm-hmm. about before and she's like no, this isn't supposed to happen. I'm supposed to go first. Mom yeah, has talked like, about I've that. I've
2: always been ready to go first. Yes.
0: Yeah. But I, I
1: just have to push this in a little bit. She was angry at the girl that was a But I she sens- was religious. <laughs> Yes, so <laughs> That's so she okay. was she angry was at the girl a, yeah. that was very uh, religious and was trying to say things that were supposed to comfort her, and all it did yes. was get her mad. So yes. well, just go ahead. It, it
0: wasn't helping her. Right? To-
1: yeah, because none of that shit. Makes and sense. again,
0: we will have. I can't wait for us to do this episode <laughs> of all the stupid shit that people say. We keep talking about it, but we will do this episode. But that scene specifically was just so powerful and. She did an amazing job. Could she you does, resonate she with does. what she A
2: hundred percent. Yes, I'm 100%. surprised
1: because I know I, you and I would resonate with her. Just like I'm ready to hit somebody. Yeah. And
2: <laughs> but I mean, you just—I uh, mean, she does a great acting job. But just you know, you really feel did. the anger and the grief and the sadness and just everything rolled up into one, just flying out of her mouth, and you just feel it, you know. And of course, because I can empathize and I understand it makes me connect that much more but a hundred percent you just have like all this vomit that you just want to get out this horrible stuff inside that you just want to get out
1: I love that scene so much mm-hmm. but it's that's just... what counselors are for don't pick <laughs> on your your significant others try pick. not to yeah because they're dealing with their own grief too believe it or not they, they're they going through something along with you and everybody deals in Every, different ways yes and there is isn't any relationship not one relationship that Relationship that has not been affected by this in this family.
0: Yes. But I think what was important with that um, scene as well is that her friends really provided some comedic escape. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. she's so angry I want to hit something I want to fucking hit it hard and she goes here Malin take her <laughs> knock her lights out
1: <laughs> that was they were funniest able to scene. laugh it's yes. such
0: a traumatic they
1: made her laugh and it was very hard because that's really yes. you never see yourself laughing again you really see yes. you really feel like I will never find joy. Yes. I will never laugh. It doesn't make sense. It even bothers me when I would hear people laughing. I just thought, fuck, fuck you is so guys. funny. Yeah. yeah. I just lost a
0: baby. What's so funny? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope that we as griefists, uh, mom and Jess and I, um, can bring a little bit of that comedic relief for you guys. Because sometimes, I, we, we laugh on here sometimes, but we're talking sometimes. about grief. That's so strange, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that that movie sort of provides you the glimpses of... Like the reality of a grief is, you can be on the low, you can be in the middle, you can be in the high, you can be on the sideways where you're laughing. Like the laughing is still possible, mm-hmm. but I think this is a great break point until our next episode. So thank you both again <laughs> for your time and for your wisdom and experience in helping our griefless community. We will continue our grief journey on the next one. Very cool kid. Love you.